between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We are not going to be taking phone calls today because I am out on location. But I would like to wish every veteran and even their family members who have supported them a happy and blessed Veterans Day. I am a veteran, and veterans have a lot to do with service. When I went into the military, there was no draft. I understood that it was a very serious undertaking. Matter of fact, I had to take an oath, and I still believe in everything I did at that particular time in 1981, and I was very satisfied with my oath and my duty and my responsibilities. I met some wonderful people. I got to go to places I never probably would have ever went, so I'm grateful for those who served with me, those who served before me, and those who will serve years after I'm gone. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. And God tells us in his word, he said, blessed are the peacemakers. It doesn't say anything about the peacekeepers. It says blessed are the peacemakers, because when you make peace, you have no enemies. Just catch that in your spirit. Now, we are going to look at John chapter 2 today, but there's a couple of things that I need to say. KKVV, 1060 AM, you can list it on the AM dial and you can list it on the FM dial, which was 100.1 FM. There is a cell phone number that you can dial to listen to KKVV anytime you want. You can actually listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. I'm going to give you that number twice. It's 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. I strongly encourage you to write that number down, lock it in your cell phone. It only works in the United States, but please share that number with others because you can listen to KKVV anytime that you like. In addition to that, KKVV, you can listen by going to the AM dial or the FM dial, which I gave that, and you can always listen and watch by going to their website, which is www.kkvv.com. Usually you would see me, but again, I'm on remote location today. Also, you can listen to our previous broadcast by going to Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. Again, www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, just look for our radio ministry archives. Click on to that. 
All our previous broadcasts will come up, and the gospel is always free on our watch. Also, if you have an Apple device, we are archived on iTunes for free as well. So we're doing great things in our community, just like the radio station is, to make it easier for people to listen and to stay in touch with the Word of God. So we are going to look at John chapter 2 today, the Gospel of John, and basically our topic today is God won't do for you what you can do for yourself. And you're going to see how this unfolds. Remember, God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. So let's look at, again, the Gospel of John, chapter 2. So I'm going to look at a few verses, and some of you will be familiar with this. This is Jesus' first miracle, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And this is when he turns water into wine. So I'm going to look at a few verses here, and then um, we're going to uh, break it down. So, again, the Gospel of John, chapter 2. And this is when our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, turns water into wine. And we're going to start with the first verse. I am coming out of the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this. Verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Verse 2. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Verse 3. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. For Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Five, his mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Six, now there was, let me say that again, verse six, now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Seven, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Eight. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. Nine, when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Ten, And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, you have kept the good wine until now. Eleven. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. 12. After this, he went down to Capernaum. He, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. So, again, our topic for today is God will not do for you 
what we can do for ourselves. Okay. So let's look here. We are going to look at the people who were at this wedding. We know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was there. We know his mother was there. We know his disciples were there. We know that there were wedding guests there. We know that the bridegroom was there. And we can assume, even though it wasn't mentioned, that the bride was there. And the Lord's disciples. It also mentioned that his brothers were with him too. It's a lot of people that were there. We do know that this is the beginning of miracles that were made public. And this was the first one. And what a miracle it was to turn water into wine. Now, that's not something that anyone could do. But look at what they could do. First of all, his mother, in verse 4, let's go back to verse 3. His mother alerts him and says, they have no wine. And you may ask yourself, well, why would she say that to Jesus? There's plenty of other people she could have told that to. I believe she told Jesus that because she knew he could do something. See, a lot of us will be of the mindset that there's plenty of people that we can tell about something we want. Oh, but we reserve that that we really want or we believe that someone can operate on behalf. There's only a few people that we go to with that because we believe they really can do something about it. See, it's not enough that you can do something about it. It's also important that you care. Because doing requires a mindset and a heart set when it's of a divine nature. So, there's no wine. But notice what Jesus responds to his mother. In verse 4. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. The Lord Jesus Christ was manifested because it was time for him to appear on the earth. It was time to fulfill the prophecy. And you may want to say to yourself, well, what exactly did he mean by his hour 
had not come yet. Well, it was all about his glorification. And that would happen through his passion, which is his ministry, what they did to him as a result of it, how he was beaten and crucified. It was his death, it was his resurrection, and his ascension where he went back to the place where he always existed, the right hand of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, the wedding was important, but it had not been the time for his purpose to be announced to everyone. So now, let's go back and continue with the scriptures. So that was meant by, in verse 4, we say, my hour has not yet come. So we go to verse 5. His mother said to the servants, what Whatever he says to you, do it. Now, let's see what starts happening. Remember, God will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. So let's look at verse 6 more closely. It says, Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Verse 7, Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, can perform great miracles, signs, and wonders. He's actually God wrapped in flesh. But he wasn't going to fill the water pots with water. And then he gives an instruction. And they filled them up to the brim. When you fill something up to the brim, anything else it'll spill out. It's all the way up to the top. Verse 8. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. He tells them to fill the water pots with water, and they fill them up to the brim. And then he says to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. So it's all water right now. And they took it. So you can see, he has not taken it to the master. He has not drawn it out. He's telling those servants to do it. It's a wonderful thing. 
It's an absolutely amazing thing. It's a blessed thing when you are used to do God's great work. You ought to get excited about what you're hearing right now, what you're reading right now. You can start looking back over your life and see how you were integral part of God's miracle signs and wonders. It's a blessing to have that VIP seat to be asked to do something. It's amazing because it was already thought out. It was already decided when the foundations of this earth were set that you were going to do what God had you to do because it's a part of his plan and his purpose. You are very important in what God does. Remember, the most high God of all creation, heaven and earth, is an intentional God. And when he says, let there be light, there will be light, and he will qualify you, say that it's good, so you can imagine what it is for you to be a part of something. And he's not going to do any kind of miracle that's going to encourage sloth and laziness. No. He likes us to be industrious. He likes us to be passionate. He likes us to be excited about him and his word. And when he's speaking to us, and when he gives the Holy Spirit unction to speak with us, to encourage us, to comfort us, to propel us, you got to see it and know how this was so well thought out from everlasting to everlasting. You are written in God's heart. And that that's in his heart will be manifested for all. Those who believe and who do not believe. It's a blessing to be a part of God's work and his plan. This just touched me so greatly when I was studying about it to be able to present it to you today and thinking about the veterans and how pivotal it is and sometimes we can't even wrap our heads around what is actually going on. But 90% of the blessing is showing up and being ready to be used in whatever capacity God sees fit to use you. He's sovereign. He doesn't have to discuss it with you. You hear the command. You hear what God is saying to you. You can ask for confirmation. God, is it you? Is this what you're saying to me? And he will confirm it quick, fast, and in a hurry. And then move out smartly, men and women of God. Because you're a part of something great right here and right now. And so, reading verse 8 again, 
And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the pastor of the feast. And they took it. They didn't hesitate. They took it. Nine, when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Can you imagine? Here you are, a part of something that has been transforming the world for generations, for generations upon generations. This right here, the first miracle. Can you imagine? These that participated, these that were obedient, these that heard what the Lord was asking them and instructing them to do. Can you imagine how historical this is? This really happened. And how it's touching people and causing the dead to rise, the blind to see. Those who are in pain to receive their healing. Those without hope to have their faith renewed and restored and taken to another level. Just by hearing what these servants did, they believed. They acted on what they believed. They did not question. That's what it's about. Being a soldier for the Lord. They knew that it was water because they're the ones that were instructed to get the water. And they knew that there was nothing else that could get in the earthen vessel because they filled it up to the brim. There was no more room to put anything in. Then he said, just draw a little off the top. Just draw and take it to the master of the feast. (laughs) It would take all that I had not to pass out because I knew something a moment ago was water. And here it is, wine. A miracle that only our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ could do. Only he could have done that. He was the only one on earth at that time that could have done that. There was no other. No other like him. Can you imagine? In that moment. How transformative is that? And then look at verse 10. And he said to him. Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept good wine until now. So, basically, the good wine runs out. And then... There's no more wine that's of of a better quality to serve. So they have no other choice but to serve the inferior. 
and usually the people have drank their fill of the good, so they are very happy, and they don't need much more, but if there has to be more, then it's not of a same quality as the best that was set out initially first. But look, the master says, in verse 10, the last sentence, you have kept the good wine until now. He has waited, it would appear. You have kept the best for last. And it says in verse 11, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana, of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him 12 after this he went down to Capernaum he his mother his brothers and his disciples and they did not stay there many days can you imagine this was the beginning of signs to let the people know that the Messiah, God's chosen, was among them. The one that Isaiah had prophesied about. Almost 750 years before he even came to the earth. Imagine that. Don't you want to be a part of something like that? And you can. And you will. But don't expect God to do everything for you. He created you in his image. The Godhead did that. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. With that, can't you imagine the seal of approval that's already on your life? The power that you have that has been bestowed to you? And that you tap into that that created you? Oh, the world can be changed. Right now, we have a great opportunity when you realize that nothing's going to happen when you don't operate in that that has already been given to you. He did not create us to be lazy. He did not create us to have a spirit of worry. He did not create us to be frightened and fearful. He's the same God that brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He's the same God that spoke to them in the wilderness and stayed with them despite all their rumblings and their ungratefulness and their rebellion 
He did not leave them. He did not forsake them. But they had a standard to uphold to. He gave them his name. And his name is the most highest. Because <laughs> he's the most high God in all creation, all heaven and earth. There's none like him. So he's never against himself. He's never against his word. The prophecies are true. They're going to manifest in the signs and the seasons and in the times when they're supposed to. And Jesus wasn't being disrespectful to his mother. She does not have any influence over the prophecy. The prophecy is going to be fulfilled and manifested in due season and due time. So, we have to be mindful. Why are we expecting God to do things that we can do for ourselves? When you think of Joshua, wonderful Joshua, Moses' protege, Moses' minister, there was a time when Moses was not going to go to the promised land. And it was told to Moses by God himself. But God, Moses said to God, well, can I at least see the promised land? God said, yeah, you can see it, but you're not going. So, there's Moses looking over it, Joshua nearby, and he anoints Joshua and tells Joshua, I'm not going. You're going to be able to lead the people into the promised land. Well, you know, there are a lot of ites over there. A lot of them. And they were in the promised land. They were in the land of Canaan. They were in the land of milk and honey. They were there, and God promised Abraham and his ancestors the land of Canaan, the land of milk and honey. God is not a man that he would lie, nor is he a sinner that he would have to repent. No, he's not. So if God says it, that's what it is, and that's what it's going to be. Joshua still had to take the people over into the promised land. And he had to fight every ite over there. But he knew, because God had told him, that Moses wasn't going to be with him, that he was going to be with him. And everywhere his foot touched and everywhere his eyes saw, that was what he was going to take. He was going to subdue him, and it was his. The victory was already his, and he needed to go over there and fight as he knew he was led by the Most High God. He had nothing to fear. He was to go boldly and proclaim what God had promised his ancestors from when he brought them out of Egypt. 
that that was going to be theirs. So we have to have that boldness that Joshua had. And Joshua even made a declaration. He didn't care who people were going to serve. He just needed them to make up their mind at that particular time and then told them that he and his whole family, including his servants and his animals, anything God had given them, he was going to serve God. And that they needed to decide what they were going to do. Can you imagine standing on the word of God, proclaiming the word of God, proclaiming that you're going to serve God? Joshua wasn't lazy. There was nothing lazy about Joshua. There's never anything that could remotely be associated with laziness and Joshua. <laughs> Polar opposites. Never were going to be in the same sentence. Bold, courageous, obedient, servant to God's servant, Moses. Wonderful son. Just a great example of a leader. And he never asked his people to do anything that he wouldn't do. So there's no way that he could be equated, equated with laziness and slothfulness. No, never. You got to rise up, men and women of God. You got to show that you are in relationship with the greatest of all there will ever be, the Most High God. That we belong to our Savior, that we belong to our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ and he was the most obedient son that there ever was there's none like him he never questioned his father he did what his father told him to do we have a great opportunity to manifest that to harness that to be intentional in our movements in our speech in our thoughts in our ministry, in our service, in our obedience. We can do it. There's no reason to stop us. Listen for God's voice. Read his word. Know how he operates. Be humble in your heart. Sound in your mind when you come to him in prayer. And come often and come quickly. Be in tune. Tune in to him and tune the other stuff out. If it's not of a divine nature, don't give it a whole lot of thought. God is not here to hurt us. He would not lead us astray. Because that's not in his character. We choose to go astray. 
We choose not to listen. We choose to rebel. We need to take accountability for our actions. Because you can't communicate with God if you're going to view him falsely and be disrespectful. He has no fellowship with that type of behavior and mindset. So we need to take accountability because it will show. What you produce, it will show. God will not be mocked. He will not be fooled. He will not have fellowship with that that is not of him. We need to be honest. And receive this great gift that we have. This great gift of fellowship, of intimacy, of regeneration, of resurrection in the spirit man. We do not have to eat and sleep and drink and think weakness. Bondage is not of God. But if you continue to stray from him, continue to have to have it your way and expecting him to do everything for you, then you will be overtaken by that that's not of him. And there are forces and demonic spirits waiting to ensnare you, to captivate you, to seduce you, to control you. And if they're doing all that, there's not hard for you to believe that the next step is to kill you. Only a few scriptures that we looked at today. But it's very powerful and historic, spiritually, in a divine sense. This is the first miracle, men and women of God, the very first one that our Lord and Savior performed. And look how many people that were involved. His mother, his dear mother. Just knew, had the presence of mind that he could do something. It's just revelatory when you think about it. 
you should really savor, savor, and enjoy this word. And look over your life and see how many times God made you a part of his miracle signs and wonders. Think about family members that you were able to witness when God called upon them to be like these servants that we see in John chapter 2. They were at the right place at the right time with the right ones doing what God had called them to do because the miracle sign and wonder was going to manifest in that season. You should have great anticipation about God using you because there's so many more miracle signs and wonders to unfold even in a day called today. It's not even four o'clock in the afternoon on the Pacific Coast. We got a long way to go before we get into the next day. Countless miracle signs and wonders are yet to manifest as we are communing with God right now, as we are listening and reading his word and I'm speaking. They're happening right now. Bountiful, limitless, without ceasing in his divine universe and his master plan. How we are being called to participate, to be so close and near to it that we can taste it. It will be a part of our testimonies. We will be able to cast our net deeper and wider. We will be able to go further with the Great Commission. If we're willing to participate, that's why we're talking about today that God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. God made you with a heart, with a mind. You come with a soul, you come with a spirit. Look at the human body. It's so magnificent. It has so many Things that it can do and so many moving parts. And just the mere capability that we can communicate with words and symbols and just so many different languages. There's no creation that has that capability. But the human race, God created us male and female in his image in his likeness and we have characteristics that are endued upon us 
and gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit. There's none like us. They say favor isn't fair. And I'm blessed and honored to come to you today to exhort to you, to speak into your spirit, to tell you to rise up, dream again, and dream so big that when you wake up, your dreams have scared you because they're so exciting. Let them be. Rest well. Rest often. Enjoy it. God can speak to you in your dreams, men and women of God. He can speak to you in a restful state. There's no limit to where our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, can go to commune with you, to speak with you, to touch you, to heal you, to motivate you, to remind you of a love that he has for you so deep. It's ancient. It's everlasting. It's eternal. And the plans that he has for you. See, even when he comes back, we have to get up. We have to rise up. He's coming back. And when he called Lazarus, Lazarus was dead. He was dead that he was stinking in his grave. And he called him by name, Lazarus. Let it be that God is calling you. Can you hear him calling your name? Can you hear him beckoning you? Jesus is calling. How do you answer, men and women of God? Receive it. Believe it. Operate in it. He can bring the dead back to life. Don't waste your time. The time that you've been given. Waiting for God to do everything. You were equipped when you were thought of. You were ready when you were placed in your mother's womb. And when you were manifested on the day that you were born. You had the capacity to change the world, and you still do. There's nothing that can stop you when God makes you a part of his plan and his purpose. He began a great work in you. And it will not be over until it's completed. And if you can hear my voice, it's not completed. He still has a plan and purpose for your life. Stop telling God what you can't do. And say, thank you, Father, that I can hear your voice. Come to him in the spirit. What will you like me to do, Father? I want to do it. And do it to the best of your ability. God asks you for your reasonable service. He didn't ask for anything more than that. He knows who you are. But see, when you reach out and you lean in that direction that he's functioning you, 
that he's calling you to, you'll be surprised what he will endure you with, what he will bless you with. Don't limit God. Don't block your blessings. Don't talk to him about what it could have, should have. Don't talk to him about I cannot. Don't definitely talk to him about I will not. See, when you already have that mindset, then you shut down the universe. You have already spoken death over your situation. You have already spoken limitations over your situation. Be careful what you speak into existence. I would encourage you to say, Lord, show me. I have a desire, Lord, to please you. I have a desire to know, Lord, to know you deeply, to know you deeper, to go further in this walk. Lord, let it be your will. God in heaven, our heavenly father, is never ever against his will. He's never ever against his word. He's never ever against his prophecy. you got to catch that in your spirit. If God spoke it, he will perform it. If God purposes it, it will manifest. Be patient and wait on God. But you can't have the spirit of laziness. You can't have the spirit of defeatism. You can't have the spirit of negative energy. You can't have the spirit of bitterness. You can't have the spirit of just past events and just being stuck. Because I would present to you if you got all the answers, what is it that you want God to do? Why are you praying to a God that you believe is not going to come through? You can't have it both ways. And see, when you're intentional about something, then everything that's in your power, under your stewardship, will be intentional. See, it's exciting to watch babies. Babies don't know a lot of words, if they know any at all. It all depends on what baby we're looking at. But babies comprehend. See, you can tell a baby, go get me this. Are you hungry? And the baby will communicate that they're hungry. The baby will also communicate that they want to be picked up. They'll raise their arms up. They'll get your attention. Babies are very communicative. They're very passionate. They're very determined and may not have any teeth, may not know any words, have very few clothes, may not even own a suit, <laughs> if you will. 
may not be much on shoes or socks. Oh, but when a baby has a made-up mind, a baby will let everybody know. They will not be ignored. And they're fearless. And they're excited about everything and everything they want to investigate. They want to know for themselves. They move with a quickness. Babies are hard to catch sometimes. And they got a lot of stamina. And they know to get back up when they fall down. Babies are determined. Matter of fact, a lot of times they'll tell you they don't need any help. I can do it. That's what a baby will tell you. I can do it. You need me to help you? No. Capture that. Because that was once you. Harness that. Because you came with that. I was born in this world a daughter and a sister. Oh, what an honor it is to be a daughter. It's even a greater honor to be the daughter of the Most High. To be a sibling of the Lord and Savior to the whole world. Jesus Christ. To be a sibling to my brother. That the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3350. 5852 North Las Vegas 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852 North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.